Hello and welcome to another edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. This podcast is proudly provided by Axon, helping dealers move more iron for almost 100 years. Find out more at axontire.com. Axon was started almost 100 years ago out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. It's that same passion that drives them today. With a vision for a better experience for both farmer and dealer, they set out to create a better way to move more iron. When you partner with Axon, you get immediate access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. Axon carries all major brands and sizes of tires, wheels, and tracks. From custom colors and sizes to fully customized wheels, you can have the solution for virtually any problem today's farmer is trying to solve. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 214. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire. Helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Now, Aaron, if you wanted to get a new set of tires, would you want to get a discount on those tires? No. No? I would prefer to pay full board list. I'm the same way. I only pay full price on everything that I buy. I don't like to haggle. Just no. just give me the, give me the price. Right. Here's the price. Do you want it? Sure. Exactly. Okay, great. That's exactly how I like yeah. to go, too. But for those of you that like discounts... If you go to axontire.com and you put in sprayer as the code word, you can get a 5% discount on Alliance 354 AgriFlex tires just for Moving Iron podcast listeners for the month of May. So take That's full advantage of that. fantastic. That is, that is a big deal. So, Or if you're talking to your local Axon rep and you want to get that same discount, just say you heard it on the Moving Iron podcast and then go ahead and give you that 5% discount on the Alliance 354 AgriFlex tires. So... Take full advantage of that, folks, uh, especially with what you see now with price increases on steel and everything else. Tires water. are affected by water. <laughs> everything. Salt. Everything is going up. <laughs> so take full advantage of that 5% discount on Alliance 354 Agriflex tires from our friends at Axon Tire. Or you could also go over to Iron Comps Tractor Zoom. You could. I'm sorry, I said that backwards. Tractor Comps Iron Zoom. Iron Comps at Iron Tractor, Comps, Tractor Zoom. Zoom. Yes, yeah, see, sooner or later I get it right. If you go over there and you do that... We're just comping and zooming. <laughs> Bear with us a minute. If you go over and do that and you want to see what's going on in the auction marketplace, especially what's coming up in the auction marketplace, I guess AHW's got a pretty sizable auction coming through here, what, next week? I believe so. End of the month, something like that. Yep. So that'll be interesting to watch to see how that happens. But if you want all that information and see how that's all going to shake out, go to Tractor Zoom, go over to Iron Comps, and if you like what you see there and all the information that you get from that use Moving Iron at checkout, and you get yourself another discount. We're just a podcast full of discounts. That's all we are right now. We are. We're just throwing discounts out all over the place. So, oh, absolutely. Aaron Fennell's back here with me, and we've been talking a little bit back and forth. about what's Shocker! Going <laughs> about what's going on in the marketplace, and it, there, it's just hot, man. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, it's just everything's, if you've got it, it's sold. Basically, yeah. Basically, tractor wise, I mean, pretty pretty much broad stroke. Yeah. Tractor, planter, sprayer, it's sold. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We appreciate. 
Now, the one thing about the auction marketplace, you know, like I've talked about it on here a million times that the auction market is very much a canary in the coal mine, right? So whatever the auction market's doing, the retail marketplace is is falling right along with that. And right now, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you could probably get a better deal at your local dealer than you could on the auction. Usually. Yeah. It's a, I've watched so many auctions where the, that later model, lower hours stuff um, sells for more than we have it even, we're even asking for it. On right, that. right. So the auction market is, is following that trend quite well. There's, there's nothing out there right now that that's not going to bring top dollar, you know, because just everything is in such short supply that if you've got it and you want to do something with it, Right now is the time to do it. Absolutely. Without question. All right. So one thing that we talk about on here, probably more than we should, is harvesting equipment and especially combines. But the combine marketplace is just, I think to me, it's one of those things, it's the most important line of equipment that that you have to keep your eye on all the time, right? You can't, you can't let your guard down around combines because if you do it's going to come around smack you in the face pretty hard oh yeah you know I mean? absolutely so, so you've got to stay on top of that so here we are planning season it seems like is it's like six weeks ahead of schedule i mean guys are some guys are done some guys are halfway through beans already some guys are done with corn and beans some guys are just getting started depending on where you're at and those kind of things but for the most part it's depending on where you're at you're you could be a week behind to six weeks ahead. So it's just there's a million things going on right. right now. We're not that far away from starting to have those conversations of where does that fall buying start to play and start to look like. Um, Aaron is a guy that spends a lot of time on the phone talking to customers all over North America. What kind of calls are you getting right now on choppers, combines, heads, you know, Hay equipment, those kind of things. Oh, it's that obviously we have way more combines and choppers, so there's more combine calls than chopper calls. Chopper guys, when they call, are typically let's let's roll. Mm-hmm. You know, of course we are getting into it's go time for right. choppers. Exactly. Yeah. Combines, you know, we're we're starting to see. I know with some dealers, wholesalers, farmers. Um, just as I thought this week might start shaking loose some of that, and it sure has. Right. Um, there are uh, a lot of the wheat sucks, but there are pockets where it's pretty good. Right. Um, buddy of mine in Oklahoma has got a lot of wheat, and he said for the most part, it all looks good. Um, so, you know, guy, guys are the, the combine thing is starting to fire up, which is great. Lord knows we have too many combines. In the world, do you know where that? This is this is just a funny thing that I point up that I thought of the other day. Being the man who likes the old machinery and the way things used to be and whatnot, right. do you know why there's such a combine problem? Enlighten me. There are no more pull type combines. Uh. That's why you take out your ninety five oh ones and your sixteen eighty twos and your uh, eight. 61, I think it was, Massey, and you take out all those pull-type combines that used to be north, say north of here, mm-hmm. okay, Dakotas, Montana, all over Canada, 
granted, there was never a big seller. It's kind of a joke. But if you would look at it from that sense, they quit making pull types. That throws more solar propelled in the market. Um, Just go with it. Okay, man. For it's it's like ten extra combines a year. We'll let just we'll go let with that it. one. Look. Obviously, yeah. it's not a big yeah. number. They would yeah. still make the pull type, right. right? Yeah. But it is an increase in numbers due to that. Well, I'd be like saying there's more choppers because they don't. They have less pull type choppers. Right. Right. Which there is. There's more sub propelled now out in the market than there was twenty years ago, and way less pull types. Yeah. Even though the people owning the choppers are way less and less. Same thing with the combines. Right on. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. So in honor of that, look forward for your <laughs> X9 PT coming soon <laughs> to a 9RX near you. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so there's uh that that's a that's a great segue into my next point. There you go. Just kidding. Um <laughs> there's when you look at that, a lot of stuff we see tapping with, with the harvesting equipment, I think this year will be a year that we see a lot of used equipment get cleaned up, right? Right. And across the board, combines, tractors, you name it, whatever we've had that we've had for a while is going to get bought. You know, it's, There is a lot of yeah. stuff selling and not very many trades. Not very many trades at all. At Which all. kind of shows you, like, like here before, uh, probably next podcast, we'll give the, the numbers for the month of, of what the difference is between, you know, April, all of April and into May first, what that looks like. But if you remember last time, you know I think there was seven hundred plus combines that were off the market. So that means that that we outpaced the number of tradings coming in by seven hundred. So and six hundred of those were all in March. So right, that tells you that I, I don't I don't look to see that that April is going to have a big a big jump because we're kind of in the middle of planting season. April is one of them months that no matter where you are in America, you're busy. Yeah, you're busy. There's a lot of things going on. Or or in North America, excuse right. me. Whether you are on the edge of the Arctic Circle mm-hmm. and you can almost see grass mm-hmm. or you are at the Panama Canal. April's busy. April's busy. A lot of stuff going on in April. May, you get a lot more sorting out, you right. know. By the time May, you get to the middle of May, you got pretty much I-80 South done planting, mm-hmm. fair to say. Fair to say, yeah. So yeah. you got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of guys done. Right. Then it shift gears yeah. fall. Yep. Summer harvest and yep. fall harvest. So that June, July, August time frame typically always are, are fairly busy with that going on. So that kind of brings to my next point. So I just I wrote a blog here blog post farm equipment magazine that all should be coming out uh, i'll have it out here sooner than hopefully this weekend i'll have it posted so everyone can read it but i kind of focused on what i like to call the ag ecosystem and why it's important right and and what that looks like and where it works so i mean if you want to go back and take a look at where we were in 2006 2007 2008 um we were going through a slow ramp up in commodity prices 2006 there was a pretty big drop off in commodity prices and then they started to kind of rise from there like mid well basically this time 2006 right march april may time frame there was a big drop off from like it was like five bucks dropped down to like three dollars and 25 cents three dollars and 50 cents something like that all within a like a month and a half period and then from there it kind of took off and ran up to the to the uh eight dollar mark we saw in 2012 
Now, if you sit back and you, you think about where we're at, the ecosystem of farm equipment is as delicate as any other ecosystem is on Earth, right? I mean, so like a true ecosystem, like a true ecosystem, right? So it's just a, if you mess up something somewhere along that way, uh, whether it's be the front, the middle, or the end, if you if you do something that you shouldn't do in those time frames, you will have problems that that exist. So, for example, in 2012, 2013, the front side of that ecosystem, the front first couple trades, that's all you really saw, right? Because right. everybody had a bunch of money, they were jumping, you know, the 50 series guy was jumping and buying a brand new 70. He wouldn't even buy the used 70, right. he was buying the brand right. new 70, right? <laughs> so, I mean, it was like three jumps, 60, 70, and then the new, right? So, they were doing that. Then you saw, so what happened was, and most of the time, the guy at the 50 series combine wasn't necessarily even trading in his combine. He was selling on his own, or he was doing whatever, you know. So the dealership lots got filled up with these one-year-old trades and, and, and those kind of things. So we saw this huge kind of glut grow of, of stuff, and there wasn't enough buyers. There are plenty of buyers to buy combines. They just weren't buying used ones. Right. right? So where on that front thing do you – so that's one thing to think about on that front side of that first-generation trade is do you have that price different enough that a guy that – because whoever's buying the first-generation trade-in, that low-model, low-hour piece of equipment, probably could also buy a new one. Right. Right? It might be a stretch form, but theoretically, you know. They they could yeah. digest it if right. need be. If need be, right. And when you've got $7 corn, it, you can digest it. You right? can. You can make it work. You can so. digest a lot of things. <laughs> so Like a pool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or a, or a new shop and, yeah. a, and a house addition and yeah. several vacations. Yeah. So you can digest all that stuff. Now, when you're looking at that first, second generation trading and selling new, we've got to sell new equipment. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there right now. New equipment sales have to happen because those generate parts and service business five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years down the road. I mean, that's, that's where you're getting all that parts and service business from. So And use the equipment specific jobs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's another exactly good point. So you have to generate new equipment. If you do not not selling new equipment, you will have a whole other issue that, that comes up. But... The idea being that you've got to have that first-generation trade-in priced back far enough that the guy that wants to buy that first-generation trade-in doesn't buy the new one, right? But at the same time, there's a balance there that, that you don't price it so far away from the new one and the, and the trade difference is so high that now you can't get anyone to buy a new one because your trade difference is out of whack, right? So there's a fine line that you have to walk there, right? One we walk all the time in this business, right? Now, what we saw in 2014, 2015, 2016 wasn't that the front end of the of the washout cycle was loaded up. It was the middle section that was loaded up, right? So it didn't have enough new getting sold to generate the late model low hour trade-ins to, to get the guy to come in and, and trade his whatever it was off to get the new one because even if he did trade it off, it didn't really matter because you already had a big pile of them anyway. Right. Right? So now there weren't enough buyers at the very end of the ecosystem, the washout cycle, to come in and buy those ones in the middle to keep the clog from getting out of whack. Right? Yep. Okay. So now that you've got that kind of established, what the next best thing when that happens is you've got to go to auction. Right? And when you go to auction, no matter how good auctions start... They always end shitty, right? Right. So once you've kind of developed that that kind of model and what that looks like, 
there there will in order to move things down the line you've got to clear out some of the clogs so that you get things moving another thing that we saw in 2014 2015 2016 is that that last buyer you know that that fifth and sixth trade guy right mm -hmm. that's coming in with the the 9600 or the 95 50 or 96 97 60 or whatever it is they've got and they're looking at buying that that s-series combine or whatever it is that they're doing they weren't coming to the table either because typically that buyer down at the very end of the cycle is a guy that only buys out of necessity right they finally right. hit a point where they just can't we fix it anymore. have to you know, do this they've done it you know they've had the same combine for 15 years they've had the same tractor since it was new in 1978 you know what i mean yep. like they've had that point there where they've they've got to a point where they've got to do something with it so a good thing about that buyer too though is is that they're always there right everybody kind of participates in the last two trade cycles right right even the guy that buys the only new every once in a while I'll come down and buy a 8300 right because like oh, man, it's cheap and it's got five thousand yeah. hours on it you know? an auger tractor you know some, yeah <laughs> something like that you know it's, it's one of those things where they can they don't they don't intend to do anything really strenuous with it but they, right. they go out and put it out there we we need an old junk <laughs> we need an old junk 8120 to put on the auger right. like uh okay <laughs> so even that point so then you got the guy that that's in the middle and even the guy in the middle that's probably where they're going to play out when it comes to, to tractors anyway right is that kind of towards the tail end of, of the washout cycle they're going to be buying their combines in the middle of the washout cycle that third fourth level kind of trade-in type of thing you know that probably 10 plus year old combine that's where they're going to go play at right but they're going to buy a 15 or 20 year old tractor i mean that's not yeah common, right see that happen so there's there's that thing there so as you sit back and you look at what's going on is the steps that you take to go through the washout cycle absolutely have to be, have to marry up with each other in a very systematic fashion. Oh, absolutely, or it's all out of whack like it was. So now the good and thing is the good thing the best thing that could have happened right now the ag equipment business is a shortage is the shortage that we're having right now. Absolutely. We cleared out everything that we had to clear out as far as aged equipment goes, filling those things up. So now we do have that opportunity to go back in and reload the washout cycle with late model, low hour equipment that, quite frankly, I think will have a solid three-year run before we have any kind of real drawback on that. Um, so if you look at that, 20, 25... Mean, what you mean by drawback is like a quote-unquote problem? Yeah, like a 2014. Right, right. right. So... You start looking like 2025 and those kind of things, and what does that look like, and how does things shape out, and all those things look. I mean, that's kind of when I would start to think that you would start to see. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball. That's worth a shit, because if I did, I'd be a billionaire right now. Um, but when I look at 2025, I think to me, that's when I would say that we would start to see something of some level of magnitude start to take place, right? That's when too many of. XYZs are piling up on the yard or there's more we don't have the we don't have the four wheel drive customer base anymore that we had, you know, this time last year. Or right. Combines or choppers or whatever it is. There's gonna be something there that's gonna start kind of being that leading indicator. And I'm gonna tell you right now, the easiest way to track that and to know where that's going is the canary in the coal mine that is 
the auction market. Right? Absolutely. You have to pay attention to what's going on in the auction market, and that will tell you a thousand percent what's happening in any level of the washout cycle. If you're seeing a bunch of late model, low hour machines go through an auction, and you have the same things that are starting to, to kind of pile up there, um, you're going to start seeing a problem happen. And that's when you start seeing that, you know, it takes three data points to make a trend, right? Right. So you start seeing something happen in January, February, and then March it happens again, the exact same thing happens. Now you got a trend line developing. As a user equipment manager, you have to step back and take a look at that. It's like, is this a real thing that's happening, or is this a fluke? What does what does the overall environment look like? How many pieces of equipment do we have on the ground? What does the national inventory look like? What do upcoming auctions look like? How many of these machines are in in the queue to be sold? How, I mean, all of these things start playing in the fact of that. So this is where the discipline to make the right decisions start to come into play um, about the long-term effects of, of what we see happening. You know, the, the 2012, 13, 14, 15 kind of 180 that we did there was it was it was the metering of equipment right 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 the better that we handle the up you know like the old saying every every green analyst says you know we take an escalator up and an elevator down right? yep and it's the same thing so if we again go out and sell all the new equipment you can sell as long as it makes sense that when you start poaching your first and second buyers to be new buyers that's when you start to see a problem happen. Yep, absolutely. And that's and it, it, it's not even. I mean, of course, the guy's going to come in and says, "I want to buy a new combine." Great, we're going to sell you a new combine, even though you are a, traditionally a first or second trade buyer, right? I'm not going to stop you from doing that. I'm not going to be like, "Well, no, I can't do that because you're traditionally a, a a used buyer, so we're going to keep you that way." Right. It doesn't work that way. But the same idea, the same concept of those things are, are, are going to stay in place. The biggest thing that we saw in 2012, why it made sense to buy new, was Section 179. Right. right? You couldn't get you couldn't get the same tax benefit on a used piece that you could on a new piece. Right. So exactly. after all right. everything shook out, the tax benefits and everything else that happened, you know, now it made it like, why would I buy a used one? Right. I period. Why would you? Now you have that across the board. That section one seventy nine counts on you and use both. So we'll see what happens with you know with new with Biden's administration, what the tax situation is going to look like, and what they will or won't do when it comes to, to ag based tax stuff like that, and how that affects um, you know the grower and their tax situation. But that was the big driver behind that, right? So yeah. buying buying new, you know, and right now um, it, it's pretty much an even playing field. So I would. If everything just stays the same, I would I would look to see this, these one year typical first trade buyers to still be be the first trade buyer. Yeah. Unless they just you know say I'm willing to spend a little extra now I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get into a, a different scenario with with whatever. The biggest benefit we have this time around is whether it's us, whether it's co-op, whether it's the farmer, we all lived it. And it's pretty fresh. Right. They saw the neighbor go, new grain system, new house, new line of machinery, farm sale 2015. Right. There was a shitload of that. Right. Guy saw that. The guy who went from 50 
to 70 series new, Mm -hmm. he's not doing that again. No. He is going to get his 18.780 or his 17.680. Right. You see what I mean? They've seen it. They lost the neighbor. They lost, you know, the cousin, whatever. There was a lot of hardships after the after the collapse, right. lots and yep. lots and lots, and that was before the year that nineteen was and all that right. shit. You yeah. know, yeah. that just compiled onto it. That once nineteen hit, it was dear God, pray for the farmers. Right. You know, right. up to that point, it was like, man, those guys have it tough. So anyway, guy, that that from the farmer standpoint is going to be a huge benefit to us in the dealer world. Not not all of them. There's still going to be guys going, finally, right. yes. Yep. This whole farm of 2013 machinery is right. leaving. Right. And we're getting 2021 machinery or 22. But we're, since those guys have seen it, they've lived it, they've experienced it, everybody is more, way more cautious, way right. more careful. And they might be the... 3,000-hour tractor guy mm-hmm. and went to 5 to 1,000. Right, yep. But that's not that big a deal. Right. You know. Yeah. He's not really, he's, you know, he's jumping instead of 5 to 3, he's going 5 to 1. Right. You know. Right. The bigger, like you were saying, where it really hits everybody hard, and we had this in tractors, we had... There, there can still be any given month you can have 11s and 12s pile up on you. Oh, sure. Even tractors. Yeah. Sure, yeah. And we've seen it. You can have a six-month period where you cannot give away an 11 360R. Right. Then you have a year, last year to current day, mm-hmm. where that is the best thing you can own. Right. Yeah. When you couldn't give it away... You couldn't keep 14s on hand. Everybody, right. oh, I got to have that one. Got to have that one. Yep. Oh, okay. You know, they changed yep. that one connector in 13 and made it a way better tractor. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think when you look at it, there's, there's a lot of, the, the easiest thing to do and easiest thing to think about is, is when you're talking with, I guess the way I look at it is when you're talking with a, with a producer, have the same conversation with them that you're having now. Right. And if it ventures over to one way or the other, then let it go that way. Right. Yeah. But but at the same time, I mean, don't don't force your guy to yeah. buy new. Don't force him to sell used. Right. Let him make the choice. Odds yeah. are he's going to make the choice best for him. Right. And best for us. Right. Yeah. That's all. Ninety nine out of a hundred times, what's best for him is best for us. Right. Exactly right. That's exactly a thousand percent right. So I think as you as you. I guess when I'm looking at this is the conversations I want to have with, with growers when I'm talking to them about what's your plan, how's technology going to fit into that, what what machinery are you going to use, are you picking up some extra land, what are you doing, are you do you are you going to go from a 16-year-old planter to a 24-year-old planter, are you going to, maybe you're going to jump to a DB and you're going to get like a, you know, 54-year-old whatever and this, that, and the other thing, I mean, what does that look like, and why are you doing that? What's your thought process behind that? So I can help understand yeah. how I can best guide you down that path. Right, because maybe you don't need a DB90. Right. Maybe you need a 1775 mm-hmm. Exact Emerge. Right. And you'll get more done, be easier to transport. Right. Yeah. Better resale. Right. Oh, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. More guys can hook up to a, that 
24 exact to merge when it's used the, that db90 oh, yeah. and the first thing anybody says when they call on the db90 is how damn many acres are on it <laughs> yeah if you start breaking that down by row that's those acres add up pretty quick right when we start looking at it like that but i think i guess i guess the point i'm making here when it comes to this is that be 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 absolutely as diligent as you can when you're, when you're looking at how these things are going to start playing in there. And the good thing about this time that we're in right now, that farm to farm to farm to farm with your trade-ins is pretty easy, easily accomplished right now. Correct. Sell a new one to this guy, take his used piece out this guy, take his used piece out this guy, and by the time you get back to the store, you're halfway through the washout cycle. Right. And that's a great place to be. Because now you're at a point where, okay, cool, so now we've got this 10-year-old combine or this... 12-year-old tractor or whatever it is that you got, and now your international markets start coming into play. That's when you start looking at that machinery starting to go someplace else. And that's when you start really making that thing churn. But if, if you're stopping after you sell a new one and you're not going out and prospecting the, the, the first and second trade-in, you're going to have a hard time oh, making absolutely. it work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like making all the glue stick. Yep. You know, it's, it's hard enough to do it even when you make things work like it is because it's always there's always one thing in that in that link there that didn't get through the shop fast enough or you know there just didn't come in when it was supposed to i mean there's a million things that can go along with that that already makes it tough anyhow to make all of which you're describing is every freaking day in 2021 exactly right god where is this in the shop where's that not here yet where's this yeah it's a there's a million things going on there so Where's my new tractor? Well, there's a 35 cent piece of conduit that they can't get. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's held up the entire line. That's exactly right. So I think just uh, be conscious of what it is that you're doing out there when you're when you're talking to those um, customers about what their next step is going to be in their, right. their purchasing. Not purchasing this journey. purchase. What are you doing five years from now? Exactly. What's that look like? Exactly right. You might be 1,500 acres by yourself because your son is a senior in college, and mm-hmm. he might come home. He might move to Omaha, mm-hmm. do whatever. So right now, that 12-row stacker works great. Yeah. He might call you in the end of next month and be like, mm-hmm. if we can expand, I'd really like to come home. Yeah. Well, don't buy a 12-row. Right. You know? Yeah. Right there. Yep. Yep. You got, even even if that planter is going to be gone in five years, that combine, that tractor, whatever, yep. buy today for what happens then. Right, exactly. And mo- most guys do that. I mean. Yeah, like, uh, that's pretty common practice. Get once in a while you get a call from a guy that's like, hey, we ordered this planter in November and we have not even put it in the dirt, but it's 16 row and the neighbor came over last week and rented us all his ground. So now I need 224s. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, I've, exactly. I have had conversations with oh, yeah. guys like that, but like, Absolutely. you know, today I was a 1500 acre and eight to eight to eight kind of guy and now we're 2500 acres and it's yep. six to ten right yep absolutely well great stuff as usual aaron glad i could help i'd ask you for a deal of the day but 
We all know I did not prepare enough. Well, that, and you just need to call to see what the available deals are. Yeah. Do you have any machinery? Yes. <laughs> we have a used STX-38 over by the loading dock. <laughs> I bet I could get the guy to trade out of it. Right on. If people want to get a hold of you, check on those deals today. How would they do that? Uh, call me or text me, 308-760-1193. Also on Twitter, almost daily, uh, at... A-A-Ron Fintel. Uh, Fintel is with an F, as in Frank. And those are by far the best two ways to get a hold of me, yeah. friend. Don't be confused. It's an F and not a PH. So you'll be... Ooh, that would be cool. That'd be... Yeah. Yeah. So also, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where I will be posting the Moving Iron podcast when it comes out, as well as any blog posts I have as well. That's at Moving Iron LLC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go to movingironllc.com for the latest information about the uh, upcoming Moving Iron Summit. That will be in Nashville, Tennessee, September 15th through the 17th. Go up on the Navigation tab, click on the Moving Iron Summit tab, and you'll get all the information there you need. Agendas, speakers, hotel information, anything and everything you could possibly think of. So, also, if you want to get that sweet 5% discount on the Alliance 354 Agaflex tires from Axon Axon Tire, make sure you go to their website at axontire.com and use code word SPRAYER. Or when you're talking to your rep, just uh, go ahead and toss out there that you saw it on the Moving Iron Podcast. So, this is only for Moving Iron Podcast listeners, so feel special, folks. Exclusive offer. Exclusive offer, so check no, that out. No, you don't have to sign up for a timeshare or nothing. Nothing. You just yeah. get 5% off sprayer tires. Yep, you don't have to wear like Good a, sprayer tires. Like a flowered shirt or anything. No. You can just go get it. You yeah, know just I mean? show up. That's great. So you're going to enjoy that. I want four tires, less 5%. Yep. You're welcome. Exactly. So you get like one and a quarter percent off each tire. There you go. That's one way to look at it. That uh, That is. Yeah, so that would be one way to do it. Or just 5% off of four at the same time. Casey also yeah. apologizes for including math in the podcast. He can't help it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, check out Tractor Zooms, Iron Comps, and you, you'll get a sweet discount there on checkout as well, and that's using the code word moving iron. So with that, I am Casey Seymour. Aaron, do you got anything else you want to put out there? I don't, Dr. Seymour. All right, right on. And as you can tell, that's Aaron Fennel. So until next time, I'm Casey Seymour. Let's go some iron folks out. You want to have a meaningful competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The roots of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century.